Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is compatibility in romantic relationships. It's important to know exactly what type of relationship you want to experience. As we know, everyone doesn't get together for the same reasons and purpose. Relationships are based on different motives and intentions. It's necessary to communicate openly and honestly about what type of relationship one is pursuing in order to meet their needs. You should never assume that someone wants the same thing as you. The safest thing to do is simply ask them what they want. Take the person seriously when they tell you about their desired relationship status. Never assume or guess that they will change their mind or you can somehow make them change. At the beginning, when you first meet someone, before there's any sexual activity, physical intimacy, romantic connection, or love interest, it's necessary to know what you want in a relationship and discuss that with your potential partner. By defining the nature of the relationship, there won't be any confusion, doubt, or insecurities. It's good to get clarity or an understanding of what's going on before anything is allowed to happen. Of course, the label placed on the relationship is subjected to change at any time. You have control of yourself and can determine the course of the relationship. If the other person don't agree, They also have the option of walking away before anything is established or agreed upon. Don't ever allow anyone to force, coerce, or manipulate you into having a relationship. You should never be pressured into doing anything that you're not ready for or don't want to happen. Some people, because of their desperation, loneliness, horniness, they're tired, frustrated, or bored, of not having a relationship, so they're willing to just accept anybody just to have somebody. At this moment, they may settle for less and compromise. Other people are caught up in lust, infatuation, and fantasy that easily influence them to experiment with different types of relationships. Later, they may realize these connections did not serve their best interests. The type of relationship you seek will determine the level of love, intimacy, sex, commitment, compatibility, contribution, exchange, and longevity. Also, the purpose and objective of the relationship. Now, let's discuss the different types of romantic relationships. We're not going to judge whether these relationships are right or wrong good or bad, we're just simply stating the different types of romantic relationships that exist. So you know exactly what your options are. What do you want? It may fit into one of these categories. And if it doesn't, it's okay. You can actually create your own tailor-made, customize your own relationship. What is it that you want? Okay, we're going to start with dating. A relationship when two people are going out or interacting with each other on a non-committed basis to discover the potential of having a more serious relationship. 
It can involve romance, sex, and fun without any serious plan for the future. So dating is simply when two people get together, there's some type of interest in pursuing a serious relationship or a casual relationship. They're not sure what it is that they want, but they see someone and they like what they see. So they want to get to know that person to find out if they want to pursue something more. Sometimes dating involves sex and sometimes it doesn't. Okay, now casual relationships. Casual relationship is when a person is regularly dating, spending time together on a consistent basis without any emotional connection or expectation of any long-term commitment. It involves sexual activity. It may not be monogamous. So you can go from dating one or two times to having more of a casual relationship. You're still not sure what it is that you want, but you're spending more time with that person on a consistent basis to see if something more can come out of it. Now, from a casual relationship, some people could decide that they really don't want anything serious. Maybe they're not compatible. Maybe they're not gonna really get what they want out of that relationship. So instead of just letting it go, they decide to go into just having a casual sex. What is casual sex relationship? Two people have a relationship only to have sex without any romance or commitment. They like each other and they enjoy each other's company, but they're not interested in having a romantic relationship with commitment or any long-term interest. Situationship. Okay, what is a situationship? It is a romantic or sexual relationship without a title or label. The relationship is not yet defined or categorized intentionally for whatever reason. There's an emotional connection, but no commitment or romantic feelings. Usually this relationship is short term based on convenience, situation, or circumstance. It could be that someone is in college and they're going to graduate next year. So, you know, they're not sure if they're going to be together or not. So they really don't want to put a title or define the relationship. They're just together. It's more than a casual relationship because they actually are together together. It's definitely more than a casual sex because they have feelings for each other. So it is a situationship. Some people get involved in that for other reasons, you know, for money, for status, power, for wealth, for immigration purposes. So people get in situationships because it is a situation that brought them together and it's a situation that's keeping them together, even though they have not made a commitment to be together on a long-term basis. Open relationship. Sometimes they call that relationship anarchy. An open relationship is a romantic or sexual relationship where people agree to have multiple partners for love and sex without any commitment or with some commitment at the same time. Yeah, anarchy, meaning that anything goes in the relationship. In an open relationship, there's supposed to be honesty, 
transparency, okay? There's no commitment or there's some commitment, maybe the commitment made to one partner, but there's an agreement that that person can interact or engage in activities, whether it be sexual or personal with other partners. An open relationship. Some people who are married sometimes have an open relationship. People who are dating may have an open relationship. Committed relationship. A romantic sexual relationship based on love and commitment. There's chemistry, passion, compatibility, and romance. It's long-term relationship based on monogamy, trust, and connection. These partners are exclusive with each other sexually and romantically. Committed relationships lead to marriage. It's a committed relationship. So now you know what type of relationships are available to you. You want a date? You want a casual relationship? Friends with benefits? You want casual sex? Situationship? Open relationship or relationship anarchy? All, these are the poly romances that they have. Committed relationship. It's very important that you communicate with your partner what it is that you want. Because if you're not doing so, you may want just to date someone and they want a committed relationship. So there's going to be some type of confusion there. You may want a casual relationship and they want a situationship. You may want an open relationship and they want a casual sex. So it's very important for you all to communicate to find out what is it that you really want. The other problem that people kind of run into is that they're dating, but because they don't know that they're actually dating, they start treating their dating partner as if that person was their wife or their husband. There's a confusion there. If you're dating someone, you can't treat them like they're your husband or your wife. If you're having a casual relationship with someone, you can't treat them like they're your husband or your wife because you're not married. You can't start taking responsibility for a relationship when you're dating to the degree where you're being responsible to take care of a person's need. Because when you're dating, you haven't quite decided yet if you want to be with this person or not. And obviously the person hasn't made make a commitment to you and you haven't made a commitment to them. So if you're deciding to take on that role of providing and nurturing and caring, you're jumping the gun because you all have not made an agreement to be committed. Now, if you want to take responsibility for the relationship and you want to, you know, take it to the next level, then you have to speak to your partner who you're dating and ask them, is it okay that you all take it to the next level because it takes two to tangle. And if you're having casual sex, don't assume that that casual sex relationship is going to morph or change into a committed relationship. A lot of people get it twisted, especially women. A lot of women compromise and they decide that they're going to have casual sex and hope for at some point that this man will fall in love with them. And this man will want to take responsibility for the relationship and make a commitment and be exclusive. This is wishful thinking. 
It doesn't necessarily happen that way. Some people can have casual sex on a long-term basis. They've been having casual sex for two years, three years. This individual has never taken them out on a date, never uh, bought them anything, never shared anything personal with them, never introduced them to their family members. They don't know anything about that person. They don't share their lives with anybody. So if they're just having sex, they're just having sex. That's all it is. There's no emotional connection. Now, some people can say, how can someone have sex with no emotional connection? Unfortunately, there are people who can do that. So don't assume just because a person's having sex with you on a regular basis, don't assume that they're in love with you. Don't assume that they care about you. Don't assume that you are going to be together in a committed relationship at some point because that may never happen. Until that person tells you that's what they want, don't assume that's what they want. All right, now select your mate, lover, partner carefully. Invest your time, energy, resources, and effort to increase the probability of choosing a healthy person. There's nothing wrong with initially looking on the surface for the physical appeal. It's good to have that attraction, excitement, and chemistry on a physical level. Everyone has something that they're drawn to on the physical level. Sometime is the point of attraction. It could be a specific body part or the whole assemble. It could be the smile the eyes, the face, the shape, the legs, hair, or anything else that captures the admirer's attention. People are spending so much money on their physical appearance to attract certain people. There's going to be some type of physical attraction. If a person is spending so much money on their physical appearance, they're going to attract somebody. They're going to attract somebody because that's why they're doing it. That's why they're getting the plastic surgery. That's why they're getting the nice hairdos. That's why they're wearing the name brand clothing. That's why (laughs) they're going to the gym. They're working out. They're looking good. They're investing thousands of dollars on cosmetic surgery and makeup to have the perfect look. They're also spending money on special diets to achieve that perfect body. That's a wonderful idea to practice self-care. To have an attractive appearance is a wonderful thing. There's nothing wrong with having an attractive appearance. It's nice for people to take care of their bodies and take pride in who they are. But it's also important to maintain good health. That's also part of personal care. So a lot of people will focus more on their external body. They look good on the outside. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have good health. It doesn't mean that they are practicing good personal growth regimes. They're not doing that. All right. Unfortunately, most people stop at the physical appearance and don't pursue the same progress in other areas. They neglect their spiritual, emotional, and mental development. 
Living in a superficial and material world, many people don't prioritize improving their psychological stability and emotional health. It's important that in selecting a mate that we assess their overall compatibility with us. We have to have a standard that includes more than physical attributes. Now, compatibility, what is compatibility? Compatibility, what you have in common with this person. What you all can share together to solidify the relationship. Yes, opposite attract, but they have to compromise and make a lot of changes sometimes just to stay together. So it's very important that we choose people who we are compatible with. Now, we're not going to be compatible on all levels. We're not going to be compatible in every area, but we have to be compatible in the areas that are important to us. Compatibility is divided into four primary areas. We got physical compatibility. We just spoke about that. People looking at the physical appearance. You got to have some type of physical chemistry or physical attraction. You have the emotional compatibility. You have to feel something when you're around this person. You can't just be totally disconnected. Even though some people, because they're getting other things, they can actually be with a person that they're not emotionally connected to. The other area of compatibility is the intellectual. Intellectual compatibility. And then we have the eternal or the spiritual compatibility. And a lot of people don't really get into that. So we're going to go ahead on right now and break down the areas that we have to seek to see if we are compatible. Some people spend more time invested in looking for a car. They spend more time invested looking for a house or buying a purse or a name brand item more so than they put time into finding a person that they're compatible with. So the more you have in common, the more likely you're going to be able to have a more healthier or cohesive relationship. You're going to be more harmonious with that person. You won't have to make so much changes in your life or changes in your personality and your perception and your lifestyle when you find someone that you're compatible with, someone that you have a lot in common with. Okay. Now, personality traits. People can meet someone and they're physically attractive. They're beautiful. They're handsome. They're fine. They're fit. They're sexy. That's nice. But how about their personality traits? What type of personality traits that you're looking for in a mate? Do you want someone that is open, open-minded, openness, someone that's creative, energetic, adventurous, someone who's organized, thoughtful, cooperative, someone who has humility, humble, self-discipline, reliability, loving, generous, authentic, fairness, respectful, someone who have good morals, good impulse control, someone who's ambitious, sociable, talkative, someone who's emotionally expressive, affectionate, outgoing, 
someone who has empathy, honesty, perseverance, someone who has courage, someone who's kind, someone who's very optimistic, someone who has integrity, loyalty, someone who's responsible, someone who has compassion. There are endless types of personality traits. So the question is, what type of personality traits do you have? And you have to pick someone who is compatible with your personality traits. Because if you meet someone who is adventurous and you're not, then that could create a problem for you. If you meet someone who is very selfish and you're thoughtful, then that could create a problem. You meet someone who's very giving and you're stingy, that can create a problem for you. Someone who's talkative and you're extremely quiet and shy. So we have to make sure that we look at the different personality traits to make sure that we are compatible. Morality. Morality. Make sure that the person that you choose have the same or similar values, principles, and ethics. What do they consider to be right or wrong, good or bad? What's their position on certain moral issues? A lot of times people are looking at the physical and they're not asking these questions. What are your personality types? What is your morality? What is your ethics? What are your values? What do you stand for? People just want to get with people just to have fun, just to enjoy their company. But after a while, you're going to run into a lot of other issues and challenges. So you might as well get to know that person. Now, the question that we're asking right now, if this person is compatible with you, you're not going to find that out overnight. That's why it's important to date someone, to spend time and get to know them before you actually make a commitment to be with them in a relationship because you don't know who they are and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Spirituality. How do you view or perceive spiritual issues? What is your relationship with the divine? Do you have spiritual understanding? How do you manifest your spiritual practices? Those are the questions that you need to find out because your spirituality may be different from somebody else's spirituality. So you have to get to know what is their spiritual state? What is their spirituality? To find out if you're compatible. Because if they're practicing one type of spirituality and you're practicing something else, that could be a contradiction. Okay, you all can be in opposition of each other. So it's very important to find out when you meet people, are you spiritually compatible? Gender roles. Very important. When we meet people, we assume that they have the same ideology or conception of gender roles. Now, if a person's from a different culture, a different religious background, a different upbringing, they can have a whole different concept of gender roles. What are the roles of men and women in the household, in parenting, in the finances, in doing chores? All right, so it's very important in social roles in the society and relationship. Some cultures may think that a man's role is to protect and provide. Another culture may say a man's role is to assist and support. So you have to find out what are the gender roles, okay? Are you all compatible? Family, 
What's your concept on family, extended family, sibling relationship, parental roles and responsibility? Okay, it all depends on where this person comes from. They may have a whole different idea of what family is. Now, one thing that we have to keep in mind, in many cultures, when you marry someone, you marry into a family. So if you don't like these people family, you are going to be part of that family. So you have to keep that in mind. If this person's family is dysfunctional, you're entering into a dysfunctional family. So you can think that your partner is the exception, that they're not going to be dysfunctional, but when they start operating in the role, in the role of a wife or a husband or a parent, all right, in in the role of a provider, they may display some of the same dysfunctional behavior that you see in their families. So don't think that you can divorce someone from their family. You could just take them away and remove them from their family. And even if they were able to do that, physically relocate to another location, you have to keep in mind that they still have that family upbringing, the family values, the family tradition, the family culture. So you really have to keep in mind what you're getting yourself into. Are you compatible? You could have been raised in a single family single parent family and that person could be raised in a two parent family and that can make a difference and make you all not compatible a person could be raised by their grandma and grandfather someone could have been raised by their auntie and uncle so it's a whole different family dynamics involved so it's very important that you understand that person's family background to see if you all are compatible parenting do you all have children You know, people get together and they don't ask each other these simple questions. Do you have children? Or do you want children? (laughs) What role will the child play in your life? How are you going to be a parent? What What are your parenting skills or your knowledge about being a parent? And people don't ask these questions. They just let things happen. They just get pregnant have sex and don't even plan on having a child and they just don't take responsibility and just allow it to happen and it happened now they're gonna have to decide well do you want a child do you want to be a parent you want to be a father you want to be a mother by that time is after the fact these things need to be discussed before you have sex Because you could use birth control, you could use condoms. Nothing is 100% guaranteed. Okay, a lot of pregnancies are unplanned. So after the child is conceived, that's when these two people are trying to figure out do they want to be parents or not, or do they want to be parents with each other? So parenting style, you have to discuss that. What do the other person think about having children or what type of parenting style they want to have or they already have if they have children. So you have to see how they interact with their children so you could determine, do I really want this person to be the mother or the father of my child? It's very important. We have to be very careful who we have children with. Because if you see someone who's dysfunctional, abusive, confused, selfish, self-centered, greedy, a narcissist, why would you want to have a child with that type of person? You're condemning that child to suffer. So we have to be very careful who we decide to have children with because we can't change it. Once that child is conceived, 
that mother decides to keep that child and now have an abortion, now that person becomes the mother of your child. That person becomes the father of your child. If you don't like them and you can't stand them because of the uh, deficiencies that they have or the problems that they have or the, you know, the imbalancements or instability, can you imagine them raising your child? Well, it's not your child. It's the child that belongs to the both of you are. So you really have to find out when you get with someone, if something happens and they get pregnant, or you all get pregnant because it takes two people to have a child, will that person make a good parent? And if they, if the answer is no, then you need to not have sex with them. And, you know, some people find that very difficult to understand. That person may be physically attractive. They're, they're pretty or they're handsome. They're whatever the situation may be, but you don't want to risk getting that person pregnant, knowing that they have some questionable characteristics. You know, if this person is a whorish person, you know, they're promiscuous, they go around and sleep with everybody. Why would you want that woman to, to possibly be pregnant with your child? If this man is a whorish man, he goes around just having sex with a bunch of women. He have a bunch of uh, uh, children that he don't take care of. Why would you want to sleep with him, run the risk of getting pregnant? Because he's going to do the same thing to you. If he's not taking care of his children that are already born, what makes you think that he's going to take care of the child that you're going to have with him? And you believe that you're going to be the exception? No. So it's very important for us to select carefully who we sleep with and who we have children with. Okay, childhood. We need to find out these people's childhood. How was that person raised? What was their childhood like? Were they exposed to traumatic experiences such as domestic violence, incest, neglect, abandonment? Were they in foster care or were they in juvenile delinquency centers? What regrets do they have as a child and what good times they share with their family? It's very important to understand your partner's background, their childhood background, because many things are learned during childhood. Values, principles, morality, Trauma, if they've been exposed to any trauma during childhood, that can really damage them for the rest of their life. Not saying that they're going to be damaged forever, but if they don't get counseling, they don't get therapy, they can definitely bring that childhood trauma into their adult relationships. And that's going to create a lot of problems. They have trust issues, abandonment issues. They don't know how to communicate. You know, it, it can be, it could be pretty traumatic. Now, no one is perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. You won't find one person that don't have some type of baggage. Everyone has a baggage, whether it be a small bag or a big bag, okay? Or several bags, but everyone have at least one baggage emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, sexually. So nobody's going to be perfect, but you have to find out What's the background, childhood, to see if you can actually deal with that? Because sometimes the trauma is so severe that you can't even have a healthy relationship with this person ever until they get some serious help. And in the meantime, you may have to suffer and go through a lot of personal changes and heartache because of that person's childhood background. Religious belief. What religious belief do they have? How Does that religious belief affect their lives? Is it something that's very important to them? Are they making their religion the center stage of their life? 
And is that religion influencing their decisions? So people get together from different religious backgrounds. I mean, that's obvious. But are they able to work through their differences when it comes to holidays, if they celebrate it, when it comes to how they're going to raise the children, how they're going to operate within the household, how they're going to socialize, how they're going to interact with family. Religion plays a big role on those things. You know, what are their values? What are good? What are bad? You know, can they engage in certain social activities? Oh, those things have to be avoided. Some people call it secular activities. They don't want to go out to the club. They don't want to enjoy certain music or be around certain people because of their religious belief. So you have to find that out. Yeah, you may like that person. You all may be real cool. But when you start living with them and, you know, you start having a more serious relationship to the point where you get married and you have children, religion can play a major role. So if you're not compatible religiously, you may consider going elsewhere. Hobbies. What hobbies do this person have? Do they have a pastime? How much time do they spend in their hobby? And how important is it to them? How does that hobby influence their life? Something as simple as a hobby. Somebody can have a hobby. They are a motorcycle, a cyclist, motorcyclist, and they belong to a motorcycle club. And that's a hobby, but it takes a lot of time. And also this hobby takes a lot of money. They have to buy a lot of things. They travel a lot. Do you really want to be part of that person's life if a lot of their time is going to be consumed by their hobby? Do they spend a lot of time? A person's hobby may be fishing and they spend every weekend fishing. Are you willing to be part of that adventure? Or do you want to stay home and watch a good movie? So that person's hobby definitely can be compatible with you or incompatible. It's something that you have to explore. Recreation activities. What do they like to do for fun? To relax and just enjoy life. Do they engage in sports? Whether they play sports or they're watching as an observer. How much time do they spend playing that sport or watching that sport? Do they want to do this alone or do they want their partners to participate? Some people are diehard fans, you know, fans of sport. They spend all Sunday, all Saturday, all evening watching sport. Do you want to deal with a mate, a partner, someone in your life that's consumed by sports or other recreational activities? Do they spend a lot of time doing those things? So you have to ask yourself these questions because if not, once you get with this person, it definitely may be very difficult to deal with it because they may not have any time for you. The next one is political views. What is your political ideology or belief? Do you identify with a specific political party or group? Are you involved in any political activities? Find out if you're compatible with someone based on their political views. Because sometimes people don't see eye to eye on politics. Some people engage in politics directly and they're involved. And some people deal with it indirectly. And some people just try to avoid it. So find out if this person that you're interested in, are you all compatible in your political views? Cultural practices. What is that person's cultural customs, traditions, or ways. How important is it to them to engage in their cultural activities? Now, 
people come from different cultural backgrounds. They come together and they can get married and have children and they can date and they can be together. But if the cultural practices, traditions and customs are so different than the other partners, that can create a big problem. That can create a big problem. Some cultures believe in family where they have an open house policy where families can come in and out the house anytime. They can drop by anytime. They can go in the refrigerator and eat food. They can go in the room and go to sleep and they don't need anybody's permission. And then you can have the other culture, you know, a person cannot come to the house without permission. They have to call. They have to make an appointment. They just can't drop by whenever they want. That's a cultural difference. And sometimes people want to be together so bad that they overlook their cultural differences. And sometimes some cultures are incompatible. They have the opposite. You have a culture where the children are seen but not heard. Children are not allowed to talk. You have cultures where children are very articulate. They just express themselves and they can say whatever they want. You know, if you're part of that culture that the child is seen and not heard and you're going to marry or you're going to live and have children with someone of the opposite where that child can say whatever they want when they want, it's going to be a problem. Okay. All right. Let's get into the big one. Sexuality. You have to make sure that you're compatible, not because you're having sex. No, this is before you have sex. You have to ask some questions again. Do this person want a monogamous relationship? That's very important to ask. We can't just assume that they want to be in a monogamous relationship. We can't assume that. We have to ask them, do they want to have a monogamous relationship? Now, the other question that we have to ask is, what is their sexual orientation? We can't assume because they like a man that, you know, that this is what they want or they like a woman. They might be bisexual. They might be bi-curious, okay? They may like engaging in in, uh, orgies, okay? They may like engaging in in, uh, threesomes. They may like uh, 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 other forms of perversion, like sadist and masochism, pain. They like to inflict pain or receive pain. You have to ask these questions. What does sexuality mean to you? You have to establish what sexuality means to you. You have to establish what sexuality means to you before you can ask someone that question. What does sexuality mean to you? Is this something that's sacred, something that's special, something that connects you and bond you to another human being? Or is it something that you do for recreation? It's something that you do just for fun. All right. Is it okay for you to you engage in, in immoral sexual activities such as pedophilia or bestiology? Is it okay for you to do that? So you have to ask these questions, you know, and you have to ask, have your partner ever been sexually traumatized or assaulted, whether raped, molested, or abused sexually in the past? It's very important for you to ask those questions because if you don't ask those questions, they're going to come up. If they don't come up today, they may come up tomorrow, a couple of days, a couple of months, even a couple of years into the relationship. So at some point, 
you're going to have to ask these questions about a person's sexuality. It's not just asking how many partners a person had. That's really not that important to some people. And for some people, it's very important. They want to know their partner's sexual history, not just for their sexual health, but for other reasons. Now, is sex a positive, healthy experience overall? It's very important for you to ask your partner, do they perceive sex as a good thing? Because some people have a distorted perception of sex, especially if they were sexually abused, raped, molested, or a victim of incest. So you really have to have those type of discussion. It's very personal, very sensitive, but if you're going to have sex with somebody, obviously you're close. I mean, that's as intimate as you can get physically, emotionally, you know, and spiritually. So if you can get that close to a person, you shouldn't be afraid or ashamed or shy to ask these personal questions. Now ask them, do they see sex as an obligation or a duty? Or is sex something that is shared freely and something that's pleasurable and enjoyable? Ask them, are they intimate? Are they very, are they very affectionate? Are they passionate? Are they very loving in their sexual activity? Or are they rough? Are they aggressive? They're detached, unemotional, cold. You have to find out because someone may be sexually appealing, very sexually attractive, may even be seductive. But when you get to know them on a personal level, you may not really want to be with them sexually because it's a turnoff. Because they may not appeal to you because you are not compatible. Now, do they want to have sex once a week or they want to have sex five times a day? You have to ask those questions. Okay, now these things are subjected to change because people, sexual desires, libido, you know, those things change over time. People get sick, people get stressed out, uh, people just are not thinking about sex sometimes. But overall, that's, you know, where what they're feeling or that's their views or that's where they're at once they answer these questions. Now, what's their sexual fantasy? What are their sexual needs, desires, and expectations? It's very important that you talk about these things because people just get together and have sex and really don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Yeah, they have sex. The sex is great. The passion is there. But after a while in a long-term relationship, it starts to fizzle. So you have to start talking about what you want and what you don't want, what you like, what is a problem, what is painful, what is uncomfortable, what feels bad. And of course, your sexual health. If there's any sexual disease involved, STDs, do they have herpes? Do they have HIV? Do they have something that comes and goes? I mean, you got to discuss these things so you all can be on the same page and practice safe sex, not to get the other partner exposed to it. All right. Uh, and with sexuality also comes, you know, the pregnancy thing. You know, what type of precaution you are going to take to prevent pregnancy? You need to have all this discussion. A lot of times people just want to be spontaneous and they just want to have fun. They just want to be in the moment. But then there's consequences for that. And later on, you have to deal with those consequences. Then you end up having children with people that you really don't like. <laughs> or, you know. All right. Moving on. Sociability. Do you like going out to social events? You like planning or hosting social activities? Are you outgoing and open to going to different places? Are you a homebody or you like home activities? Some people are not that sociable. 
And if you are a social butterfly, you consider these people to be boring, unappealing, and they're not adventurous. So you have to ask questions about that person's sociability to see if you're compatible with them. Cleaniness. What is your idea of cleanliness? What's your standard of cleanliness for your personal hygiene, household, workplace, children, car, and etc.? You have to find out people's cleanliness because some people are not very clean. They look clean. Sometimes they dress nice, but when you get to know them, you find out some things about them. They don't have good personal hygiene. Sometimes they don't take a bath. Sometimes they don't change their underwears. <laughs> Sometimes they don't wash their hair. Sometimes they don't brush their teeth. So you have to discuss personal hygiene. That's part of cleanliness. Some people keep a clean house. It's immaculate. Other people are sloppy and lazy and filthy. They live in a very filthy environment. So you have to ask questions. Some people, their car, you can't even get in it. It's full of junk, food, roaches, and other insects. So it's very important that you discuss cleanliness with your potential partner to see if you're compatible. You could be the sloppy person and the other person is very clean. Are you going to be willing to change your ways and start cleaning up? If you're not, then it's going to be a problem. Personal style. What is your personal style in clothing, mannerism, your attitude? How do you carry yourself and how do you want the world to perceive you? Are you flashy, free spirit, natural, classy, conservative, or are you rigid? You have to talk about people's personal style. Are you compatible? Do you like the way they dress? You like the way they talk? You like the way they wear their hair? You like the way they move, their style, their swag. Do you like it? That's part of their personal style. Some people get with people because, you know, they see the potential. They like their physical appearance. Maybe they're compatible. They're intelligent. They're smart. You know, maybe they're funny, but they don't like their personal style. And when they get with people, then they try to change them. They try to change their clothing style. They try to change their hairstyle. They try to make them something else. And some people are flexible and they're open for change and they welcome it. Other people are going to put up a resistance or they're going to just be angry. They're going to be sort of like passive aggressive. They're not going to tell you they don't like it, but they're not going to talk to you. They'll give you attitude or they'll just distance themselves from you. So personal style is very personal. So you cannot try to change or force someone into a personal style, style that they may not like. Okay, personal philosophy. What is your guiding principle that you live by? What's really important to you? What are your personal core values? What are your rules that you live by that motivates you? What, what are you passionate about? What are your habits that you have that, you know, that relate to your values? Ask people questions. What are your personal philosophies? Ask yourself that question. Because every question that you're asking somebody else, you have to have an answer for that question as well. Now, personal philosophy could be live and let live. You're not harming others. No matter what, you're never going to harm another person. Respecting others. Failure is not an option. Keep moving forward. Personal goals, no matter what. Learn from your mistakes. Life is what you make it. Make good choices. Do good things. All right? You don't have to understand everything. Personal integrity is everything. 
Learn by doing, hands-on. These are some of the personal philosophies that some people have. Personal philosophies. Okay, the big one. Let's talk about love. We have to ask that question. What is your idea or concept of love? What does romantic love means to you? Is love just an emotion or is it a state of mind? Is love a verb for you? Does love mean action? Or is love a noun? It's just a state of being. You have to ask these questions because a lot of people, you know, they may not share the same concept of love that you have. And then you may not even know what love is. You may not even know what you mean by when you say love. You have to investigate. You have to kind of explore yourself. What do you mean by love? What it is that you want when you say love? What does love look like? What does love feel like? What does love taste like? What is love to you? Some people, they get their concept or their conceptualization of love from their parents, from their environment. Some people get it from the television. Some people get it from, you know, the environment, people that they talk to. Very important. Let me backtrack a little bit with the sexuality compatibility. One thing that we also have to ask people is, do they engage in pornography? Because some people have pornographic addiction and they don't tell anybody. Some people are sex addicts. They're, they're promiscuous. You know, they call them nymphomaniacs. They go around having sex with everybody. So we need to ask those questions. I just wanted to make sure that I include that. Okay, getting back to the love. You need to find out if you're compatible in your ideas or your expectation of what love is. And also the manifestation of love. How does love manifest to you? What is your love language? It's very important. How do you express your love? Is it through action? Providing services to someone? Verbal affirmation? Telling someone that I love you, I care about you? Is it giving gifts? Is it affection? Showing affection? Or giving validation? How do you want your partner to show you love? So people have different love languages. So you have to find out what is their love language so you'll be able to communicate. Because if someone's love language is service, okay, they will do something for you. And when they do something for you, that is them showing you love. If your love language is positive affirmation, you want your partner to tell you, I love you. You want your partner to tell you you're beautiful, you're handsome, or you're doing a great job. You really don't want them to do something for you because that's not your love language. So you have to understand each other's love language. Are you compatible? And if you're not, are you willing to compromise and work together to be able to provide that need? how they want that love to be expressed or how they want to receive the love, okay? Now let's go to communication. What is your communication style? Do you talk about your feelings or express them through action, attitude, or mood swings? Is your communication style based on aggression, anger, violence, calm, friendly, patient? Are you argumentative, explosive, hostile, loving, supportive, nagging or abusive. You like to insult people. So it's very important that you find out people's communication style. Some people shut down, they be quiet, they don't talk for weeks, for months, for days. Other people, they have to articulate what's on their mind. They just have to talk. Some people just walk around the house just moping. Some people just 
walk around the house breaking things. So everybody have their different communication styles. So you have to find out, are you compatible with your partner's communication style? Okay, goals. What are your life's goals and objectives? Do you have multiple goals or do you have one goal? Okay, what does your goal represent to you in your life? Okay, what path are you taking to achieve your goals? What are the obstacles and challenges that can stop you from achieving your goals? What sacrifices do you have to make to accomplish your goals? Do you have to invest a lot of time, a lot of energy, resources? Do you have to compromise the relationship or even sacrifice the relationship? So you have to find out what people's goals are when you meet them. Because if they're very ambitious and they are go-getter and, you know, they're entrepreneur, they're into business, they're into creating opportunity, they're into securing opportunities, then that person may not have a lot of time for you. So if you're the type of person that likes a person to really spend a lot of quality time with you, you want your partner to be home with you all the time and always going out with you, then a person who's very ambitious, who have a lot of goals to accomplish, they may not have the time to give you all that attention and affection. They may not have the time. You have a lot of people who are rich, a lot of people who are very career minded. You know, these people don't have time for them to really engage in a very close, intimate relationship in terms of physically all the time. So you got to find out if you're compatible based on the person's goals and also based on your goals. What are your goals? You may not have time. Maybe you're going to school, you're raising children, you're going to work, you have a business on the side. You don't have time for a relationship. Now, if you find someone who's doing the same thing or a person who understands that and they value their space, they don't want you in their space all the time. They are right with you being away a lot. It's okay. But if you have a person that has a problem with that, then you're not compatible. Traveling. Do you like to travel? Do you like to travel locally, nationally or internationally? Where have you been? What are the places that you've traveled to? What do you plan on doing with traveling? Where do you want to go? And how often do you travel? Now, are you going to want your partner to travel with you or you want to travel by yourself? Some people have a problem with their mates traveling without them. Are you going to have a problem with that? It's very important that we understand that and we ask those questions to see if we are compatible. Now, let's get into financial. That's the big one. A lot of people are not financially compatible. Now, what is your financial status? Do you have money? Are you broke? Do you invest money? You have money in the bank and your savings. Do you have special accounts? What are your spending habits? What are your financial assets? What are your financial liabilities? Do you have financial value that promotes wealth or poverty? What's your financial priorities? Do you like expensive things and brand name clothing? Do you save your money or do you spend it? Who should be the main financial provider in a relationship? How mature are you when it comes to money? These are the questions that we need to ask because a lot of people get together and they break up. One of the main reasons why people break up is financial. So a lot of people are not financially compatible. If a person has child support, they have, you know, they owe the IRS taxes, they have a lot of student loans, they have a lot of credit cards. You know, that person, you may not be able to go far with them financially. Take that into consideration. Are you going to be okay with that? Punctuality. How important is it for you to come on time? Is punctuality a priority? 
How much effort do you put into being on time? Some people are not compatible when it comes to punctuality. So you have to find out if your partner or your future partner is going to be compatible with you and punctuality. Now, sleep pattern. What is your sleep pattern? Are you a night owl or a day person? Do you have insomnia, disturbed sleep patterns? You waking up in the middle of the night? You have medical conditions such as sleep apnea, snoring, or you have nightmares? It's very important because that person can really disturb your sleep cycle. You're not gonna be able to get a good night's sleep with a person who have a lot of sleep problems or you have a lot of sleep problems and you may not be able to live with somebody or sleep in the same bed or the same room. You all may have to have separate rooms. Some people function better at night, some people function in the day. So you may not be compatible when it comes to your sleep pattern. Education, what is your educational background? Okay, what do you use your education for? What is your professional experience? Do you wanna get more education? You want more credentials, okay? What is the situation? Or do you plan on going back to school? You plan on finishing something that you started? Very important because then that's going to take time away from you in the relationship. Some people want that. They will be very supportive of their, of their partners doing something to benefit themselves. Other people may have a resentment to, to that. They don't want that. They don't have a degree. They don't want their, their um, partners to have a degree. Other people, it's the opposite. They have a degree and they require their partners to have a degree. They're educated. They want their partners to be educated and sometimes even push them to do it even if they don't want to. So you have to look at the compatibility in terms of education. Do you want to someone who have education on your level or higher than you? Humor. What do you find to be humorous or funny? What is your humor style? People think things, circumstance, or events are funny. You know, some people like sarcasm or silly things. Do you laugh easily? It's very important to find out people's humor style because some people are very boring and they're very cold and they don't laugh. They're too serious. So maybe that person may not be compatible with you. Now schedule, what's your daily schedule? Your work, recreation, leisure, hobbies, family, friends. What is your priority in your schedule? Are you flexible? Are you rigid? Are you spontaneous? Or you have to plan everything? Do you improvise? Some people, you know, they're, they're, they're very rigid. You know, everything has to be planned and it, it, nothing can happen spontaneously on the spot. You have to plan things three months ahead. Do you really want to deal with a person that way if you're the opposite? Or it could be you that's rigid. Do you want someone to just get up and say, hey, let's go to the beach today. Are you going to be okay with that? Now, creativity. Are you creative? Do you have creativity? Are you a writer? You're a singer, a dancer? I mean, you, you tell jokes, you're a comedian. Are you musically inclined? Do you play instruments? How do you use your creativity to solve your problems? You have to get into that because some people are very creative and you can tap into that creativity. Health. What is the person's physical, mental, emotional, and medical health? Are they experiencing any problems at the time? Do they have any treatment plan? Have they been diagnosed with anything? Are they practicing a good self-care regimen? They sleep good, eat good, drink water, exercise, and reduce their stress. Fitness, very important. Are they exercising? Are they fit? Okay, career. 
eating and cooking style. We can go on and on and on and on. It's very important that you find out if you're compatible with your partner. If you're compatible, that increases your chance of having a healthier, happier, long-lasting relationship. Thank you.